0: Hey podcast, uh, the Gary V. challenge. Hashtag GaryVee challenge. That's right, I put out the huge deck. How many pages was that, 270? The, the, the deck I put out on my birthday uh, is out there now and now I'm scared. Why am I scared? Because people love consuming information but they hate doing the things in the information. So we're doing the Gary V. challenge. Hashtag Gary V. challenge. What does that mean? I am now challenging you, my audience, to make content at scale. Use the hashtag challenge in Facebook, in Instagram, in Twitter, in LinkedIn, so that we can find your stuff, and I'm gonna pick some winners in January of the people that have gone out and actually made, making, contextually making, making at scale. Please go do that, go check it out. Looking forward to it, please enter. Doing always is better than reading. This is the V Audio Experience what is up everybody and welcome back to the 2019 top podcast countdown next up we have number eight where we revisit a talk that gary gave to the rutgers football team back in july of this year he talks about how even the most talented people still have shortcomings so make sure to hit him up and let him know what piece of advice stuck out with you and i hope you enjoy so this is just a fun fun morning for me a couple things i'm gonna shoot it a little bit here give a little context but the reality is I want to take advantage of the fact that we're actually here together, and so I'll create a little bit of a framework, but I'd love to do as much Q&A as possible, so if anything of stuff you've seen, or context you've had in the past, or anything I touch on here, you know, I think the Q&A part is the most valuable thing. I think, you know, I think about leverage a lot, and so the biggest thing that I think about when I'm in this room, especially for all the kids in the room, for 95%, 90% of you, right now, may be the most leverage you ever have. And I, I want to start there because it's super important to me. When I think about being a, a college athlete in, in a place where the sport is so looked at, you know, the, the, the truth is the percentage of people that are in this room that go on to the league and make enough money in the league to take care of their whole life is remarkably low. Just, it's just remarkably low. Meanwhile, you know, I, I keep thinking about this former Louisville safety that played for the Jets for a couple years. And I DM'd him a couple times on Twitter and talked to some of his homies. And I kept saying the same thing, which is, you know, I would hit him up because I'm a Jets fan. And he would, and his homies would hit me up because they knew what I was doing on entrepreneurship. But we never connected. We never, he, never, he never made the time to chop it up. And I remember one time I DM'd him when it was very clear to me that his career was going to be short. And I literally just DM'd him and said, yo bro, you're up. Because right now, I'm dying to have an hour with you in a world where people pay $100,000 to have an hour with me. And in a couple of months, you're gonna get cut and I have no time to even reply to you. Because the leverage you have with the logo right now is my biggest passion in the world. And the day you don't wear that logo, I don't give a about you. And the reality is that's exactly what happened. And then he hit me up nine months later And because I'm a good dude, I replied, but with a reply of, I've got no time for you. And that's how I think about this. Not to come harsh or what have you, I just know because I'm a Jersey boy and I know the business world and the world that there's a load of people that are Rutgers alums that are super interested in you right now and the second you don't have that big R on your chest, they're not. And how to balance, bless you, and how to balance that with academics, with film work, with practice, with doing what you're doing here, is super interesting to me, because it's a fine line, right? One of the biggest things I hear from a lot of coaches, both, in actually all three levels, high school, professional, and college, is kids, especially with what I talk about and what I want for you, is like, how do we find that balance to let kids build their brand on social and marketing? I think everybody in this room knows, you know, the thing that worked out for me, as somebody who loves athletes, is 20 years ago, athletes didn't give a about entrepreneurs. Now, the top 100 athletes in the world are DMing me on a consistent basis. So it's crazy to watch entrepreneurship blow up. Even when you guys were kids, even as young as you are, you know that this entrepreneur thing is really just five, 10 years old where people really, really put with it heavy. And so, you know, to me, finding that balance of how you leverage where you are in your life right now while staying focused is the number one thing I come into this morning on. Because the reality is I want you to leverage it because I want your life to be happy. And, f- and for me, I think it starts in a couple places. So the biggest thing that I've observed when I've talked to teams and now speak, speaking to a lot of kids, the top, top for me is how many people in this room when they go to class or on campus are in a place where their headphones in focus on their sh- Given that you have the leverage right now and the reality is the kids around you that want to say what's up are going to have the leverage in a decade. I think about this every day. I think about like, I always, you know, it's funny, when I, when I talk, I always think about, it's funny to have AJ here. By having a brother who's 11 years younger, I kind of got a lot of practice early to like spit wisdom or try to be a mentor. I think about what I would tell AJ if he was dramatically more athletic and was sitting in this room. And, and I would say like, yo bro, like, you know, this is just the math around it, yet there's 100 people on campus right now who are gonna be the biggest CEOs or players in New York City in seven years, and right now they're dying to take a selfie with you, but you have no time, because you might be caught up that you have the leverage right now, and that's the biggest mistake. It's the biggest, mi- I call it the high school girl rule, right? A lot of people didn't want to talk to certain girls in high school, but six years later, they really want to talk to them, but they up the leverage because they were a d- in high school. And I think about that a lot, and I think a lot of you are in that position right now. Please don't underestimate or take for granted. Obviously, if you're in this room, you know, for the far majority of you, you had leverage in high school too from your athletics. And so you're used to that by now, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. That leverage is everything in society. It's crazy. I watch it every day. The whole social media thing, watching the biggest most famous people in our society only five to seven years ago be slow to Instagram because they thought they were fancy and they were celebrities so they didn't go on and they made fun of Instagram models and they made fun of Instagram comedians and they made fun of people and now where that is the currency and they're not on it, just watching the most famous people in our society grabbing at straws, hitting me up of like how do I do this when just five years ago they had all the leverage and now we forgot who they were, or don't give a is fascinating. That is where you're at. Right now, for a lot of you, this is the most leverage you will ever have. How you figure out how to use that to connect with people, which are the only leverage in actual life, is probably the biggest thing that I wanna get across. That's it, think about it so much. A Couple other things, coach, without knowing all the rules of how you think about social and what have you, so take it for what it's worth, Communicating and engaging with people is enormous, and again, you know, I come anytime I go into somebody's living room. I come with massive respect, right? Make sure you take your shoes off. Make sure you don't step on like you know. I you know I think about it, so I come here with a lot of respect. But if you find time to balance your time, you know, I always think about like instead of that hour on Fortnite or Call of Duty or 2K, if that kid at that university spends 20 minutes replying to people on Twitter who are talking about their school's program in that sport, what that actually means in life. I think people are very confused about serendipity and communication. Like literally just going into Twitter search or go into Instagram and searching hashtags and putting Rutgers football, somebody says they're excited for the Iowa game and you say thanks, it just blows my mind that that is actually your internship, that is actually your career. I think about that every day. I see it every day. And I see it with kids that follow me that don't have leverage the way you have it. That are just doing it randomly hoping yet you've got all the leverage that they are actually super interested in what you do right now. So to me that, you know, it's funny. I was driving here this morning. I was like, what do I want to get off? What do I want to make sure they know? And, and that's it. Like, you know, I was trying to conjure up like a second, a third, a fourth thing to take up the time, and I'll, I'll do that. I'll improv on you right now, but the number one thing if I leave this morning that I hope is for people to realize how much leverage they have, how you, just like weight room and film, you've got to put in work to get what you want, and how what social media and the internet have done is given you so much opportunity to take advantage of who you engage with around what you want. You know, if you just deployed the leverage you have and the way you think about sliding into DMs on girls with it, if you just deployed that strategy to business and life on social media, the reality is the far majority of you would get so much more ROI of the number you have on your back right now for the next year to three years. It's crazy and it's real. It's crazy and it's real. Couple other things I wanna talk about. I'm real passionate about patience. I think the biggest vulnerability to this room, including the coaches and us old guys, is patience. I wish the coaches over here knew how young they were. Watching 30, 40, 50 year olds completely confused by the context of time is one of the most fascinating things I see in our society. Like, people always come up to me and they're like, Gary, when are you gonna buy the Jets? And I'm like, 25 years, and they get satisfied Like they think, they they, they like want me to have it tomorrow. And I'm like, I just don't build wealth like that. I'm just like one brick at a time. I'm not gambling out here or hoping or dreaming. I already by passing on Uber twice in the angel round, that would have made me my billion. So I missed that shot. So the reality is, is that I'm just building blocks. And so, you know, whether you deploy this, what I'm talking about right now to like how you're thinking about cracking the starting lineup or why you're you're on special teams but you should be starting or whatever excuses you come up with in your own head, the reality is patience as an overlay is remarkably important. It's remarkably important. Like you're gonna be done with school, you're gonna be a professional whether in the league or CFL or XFL or whatever your major is or your passion is or entrepreneurship, you're gonna be done here, do whatever I just said for 10 more years and then be 32 and young as And the reality is, you have no concept of that now because you can't because the way time works in our brains. I remember when I got out of school, I couldn't wait in Springfield, New Jersey, not far from here either, to work in the wine store and blow it up like I said I was going to, and I did. And I remember walking in, my cousin worked, you know, this is family business. My cousin, my dad's first cousin worked there, but the way that our grandparents were, he was closer in age to me than my dad or in between actually, He was 30, and I was 22, and I remember that first month working with him every day, and I was like, this guy's old as And he was 30, and I'm 43 right now, thinking about how you're thinking about my age versus yours, and I feel young as right? And I think about that, I'm like, how do I communicate that to kids, that you're gonna live, like I'm double the age of the majority of you, double. You're gonna live an entire another life and still have your whole life in front of you. Yet everybody's impatient as shortcuts. So it kills everybody, it just does. Shortcuts because you decided in your own head focus group of one that you deserve something. I think about that a lot. And I think about that in athletics a lot and I see it commonly, people start cutting corners, getting themselves into trouble by not putting in the work or doing dumb or whatever it is. Because, for, listen, four of your friends in your dorm or from back home gassing you up of what's supposed to be happening versus what's happening is the biggest mistake everybody makes. And the amount of heads that just shook their head makes me feel excited that I hit that point. Four or five people in your family or friends or from back home or who you're in the quad with gassing you up of the way it should be versus the way it is, is the biggest vulnerability athletes have, entrepreneurs have, business people have. I just see it, parents see it every day results speak, and the reality is, coaches have that subjective call, you might be right. They just might like a skill set from somebody else a little bit more in the way it works on the overall, or who knows? Or maybe most likely, which I see a ton, they just don't like the way you're handling it. So, to me, I would rip both my arms and legs off to be as fortunate as you are to be at this age during the internet's maturity at this age. I'd probably own the Jets by now if I was lucky enough to have the internet around at this age. The remarkable nature of that machine, and everybody's on it now for hate and all the things that people think, social media isn't changing us, social media is exposing us. It's not Instagram's fault, it's not Twitter's fault you're angry or you hate, it's your fault. These platforms are exposing us. And so I really highly recommend you figure out your relationship with these powerful platforms because regardless of what anybody's opinions are of them, they will be the currency of our society for a very long time. You figuring out how to use it, let me give you a couple things about social that might matter for somebody who's out there and is getting judged because one thing I have so much respect for you guys is regardless of how great you are, you've got multiple moments of people booing you at scale right like like one thing i love about athletes is if if they get to the right place mentally they're in a place where they're always ready to get booed i i genuinely think the reason i'm super successful is because i got booed my whole life i was an immigrant couldn't speak english got booed i was a terrible student a couple miles away from here got booed right i was small and not good enough at sports got booed I got booed at everything which made me a great entrepreneur because I'm ready to get booed. I love being booed. I love L's. The reason I love the Jets and Knicks so much is they have a one I grew up a huge Yankees and Rangers fan. As soon as they won a title, I was out. I'm about to climb. I love losses. I love pain. I'm serious, I love it. And so I think once you figure out how to mentally embrace taking an L, but real quick on that front, on social, I watch so many kids that I'm looking at watching them progress. Have a terrible game, throw four picks, delete their s***, sh- delete it. G- hit me up on DM. I'm gonna, Gary Vee, I'm gonna detox off Insta. I know we've been talking, but like, off this, this game last week, I'm done. I'm coming back in October. And I always think about that sh- And we all have to figure out our relationship with technology. But here's how I take it from my purview. I think people get too high when they get cheered. I think the reason people struggle when people s sh- on them in comments is because they're taking other people's opinions way too serious. The best way to be able to help take care of and deal with people on you is not getting too high when they're giving you accolades. When I watch videos like that, when people give, right now I'm on that place where I get so much love, I, I don't hear them. I really don't, I understand, I appreciate it, feels humbling as you know, but I don't hear them. I still think, I suck, I'm grinding, I'm in the process, it's early. Which is why when people on me, and they do, a lot, because when you're out there like that, that's just how it is, I can't hear them either. And so one one thing I would consider is actually using social media's negativity and judgment as an ability to actually absorb it, create a framework where you can actually accept both pros and cons at scale, instead of running away from it every time i see somebody shutting down and deleting i get nervous because i don't see it as a detox for 99 percent of the people i talk to i see it running away from judgment and judgment is the only thing i promise you that you'll have for the rest of your life and that you have had so i'm offense i you know this might be too old school of a of a sports reference, but some of the coaches might remember this. Back in the day, there was a really famous basketball college team, Loyola Marymount, that had Hank Gathers, who unfortunately passed away during a game. It was real crazy in the culture back in 89. But every time I think about that team, it's how I think about my life and how I think about myself as an entrepreneur. They were winning college basketball games, like 147 to 132. They were just run and shoot. They were just, they just pushed it. Their games were crazy. And that's how I think about life. I think too many people are playing defense. I think too many people are trying to win like the 94 Knicks, like 79 to 76. And I'm out here trying to win 149 to 146 offense. Because once you stop hearing judgment and you're not actually worried about what people have to say, you can just go fast. You start doing Do you know how many of you right now in this room have a real passion for some that isn't cool right now and so you're just not doing it? yet it's exactly the right thing. The amount of friends I had back in the day that loved video games, but got off of it because they didn't see a career for it, or even at one time, believe it or not, video games was who now regret at 40, because they were great at it, and they could be the Tony Hawk of eSports right now. They could have been that OG, but they just didn't see it because they worried about judgment, and they didn't realize the world evolved. That gets me to my final point, and then we can get into real specific questions Whatever your, you know, the biggest eye opener for AJ going into the football business, like as hardcore fans as we've been, as how close we've been to teams and owners, the owner of Miami Dolphins is, our, is my business partner. Like as close as I've been to it, now that I'm really, really in it, I just can't believe how many of you don't fully love the game. It's just your ticket. It's just your process. It's amazing. I don't, I don't throw that as judgment. I think that's fresh. Like it makes sense to me. Like I love it so much. And I so wish I could, right? That I was naive and did what I always make fun of people, like focus group of one. It has been eye-opening to how many people actually don't love it. They were just blessed. See, I got real, real, real lucky. The luckiest on earth is the thing you love is the thing that you're best at. And I think that's me. Like, I, like when I was six, I wanted to wash people's cars. When it snowed and we had snow days here, I was shoveling snow, not making snowmen. Right? Like, like... Literally, I don't know how many of you follow me, but if you see what I'm doing in garage sale in around here in Jersey, like I'm not doing that for show. I love it. Like, I'd rather wake up on Saturday at six in the morning and drive to, you know, town townwide garage sale and buy some for a dollar and sell it for 11 bucks on eBay. That gives me way bigger of a high than almost anything besides watching a Jets game. That is literally probably my favorite thing, except a Sunday in the fall. And so that gets me to my final point. If you're sitting here right now and you're real, real passionate about something that doesn't have to do with the four walls we're in right now, you need to lean into that because that's the thing the internet's doing. The amount of people that can make a real living around having a podcast or a vlog or flipping they love versus getting a job they hate and they can make as much or around the same much around having a Podcast around Fortnite versus going and working in finance because they interned this summer in Wall Street and they think that's where the money is. That I know nobody here believes, but I've been saying it for a decade and I'm watching it every day and it's real. And so I highly recommend. Like I'm really hopeful. Like honestly, when I come, just to put into context, including the left side here, when I come to these rooms, honestly, I'm real realistic. I'm just hoping to penetrate one head, one dome. I'm aware that like I'll come in, it'll be good talk, it'll be cool. You know, have some friends that think I'm cool, you think I'm cool, it's great. I'm, I'm hoping, but on God, I'm hoping to get through one person's head on some of these things because I know I see that other people don't. That's been my calling card. And so I hope you've been really listening. I really do. And I hope we can like add on to like like right now, what I'm trying to set up for the coaches too, like I'm trying to set up context. I'd love to like, I, by the way, if you have context on me, like what to invest in next? How do I grow my father, like. I want to create what I'm doing on this little rant is permission and safety for you to ask your actual question that's running through your head because I think the Q&A part at least the three or four times I've done this has always been the part that really has brought the most value and I want to bring value. So, suck that bad? <laughs> I get it. I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I left a lot of time for QA. Like the three or four times I've done this with teams pro and and, and uh and college, like I just get so many DMs after, like, I wish I asked this, I wish I asked this, so I want to leave a little more time. I got off what I want, so let's go with it. Three, two. Uh, What's your name, man? Uh Ronnie. uh question. You said that we should take advantage of leverage and stuff and use social media, but what do you say to someone who's like low-key and doesn't like putting their business out there, doesn't like like having everything out there just for everybody else to see. Like what do you say to people like right that? So check me, right? Like every, like I'm putting out 100 pieces of content a day, right? Like I'm really at the tippy top right now and there's not a photo of my family or kids on the internet. Like I don't share more than half my life. What I would say is you control it. That's what's great about social versus the media. Star Ledger's going to say what they want. You control none of that. You control your social. Now you might not want to show anything. And I'm cool with that too. But you're your PR agent on that platform. Now, don't confuse that with being full of on it because people will sniff that out. Everybody's faking it to the make. I mean, people are doing all sorts of crazy on Instagram, like jumping fences at private, private plane places. Biggest problem right now is people jumping fences to take a photo acting like they took a private flight. So that never going to work because everybody will, you saw Bow Wow get exposed, like people get exposed. Don't go there, but but, the good news is if you're introverted and quiet, it's cool. Like, like First of all, you don't have to do it at all. Let's just start right there. Just because there's an opportunity doesn't mean you got to do something. There's an opportunity to make a load of money going to garage sales in New Jersey every Saturday. Doesn't mean you have to, but it's real big. And And my big thing is like especially like If I left here and then like AJ hit me up in October and said, hey man, you've lit a real flame. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, half the football team is replying to everybody on Twitter about Rutgers football, that would be amazing because that would really work. Just thank you. You know, a lot of people can't think of what to say a lot of times. Just thank you. Thanks for supporting us. Appreciate it, you know? So you're in control. Don't do some because I said so. It's all self-awareness. However, you're in control, right? So if you don't want people to know your business, Nobody wants that. That's the beauty of being able to control it. You control your part. You can't control somebody taking a picture when you're out. That's just the world we live in, but you can control what you have to say and what picture you want to paint, but make sure it's truth. You said you've been booed and failed tons of times in your life. Yeah. One of your biggest failures and how you decided to overcome it. You know, my failures are funny because I'm an immigrant, so I've always gotten, I never do that's like gonna put me totally out of business. I always got a nest egg. I'm always on like third and a half bait. Like, I'm never doing something that's like over the edge. And if this, it's like, you know? My biggest mistakes have been the things I haven't done. I referenced it real quick. If you go read my first book in 2008, Crush It, 2008, I thank my family and one random person, Travis Kalkinick, who went on to start Uber. Who used to, when me and AJ started VaynerMedia, Media, used to fly around like in Vegas and just hang out with us because he had no job. He was in between starts Uber, I'm investing like crazy on everything. He asked me to invest in Uber twice and I said no. Because I just bought an apartment, I was a little less liquid, I thought it was a side project for him. I also thought Uber was like a rich man's game. Like it was originally like a limo on your phone. So I was like, you know, how big is that gonna be? And I passed twice. We got in a little bit later, you know, so we did all right, but but I mean I le- I mean if I wrote my normal 50,000 25,000 check, I probably left in the ballpark of 300 to 800 million on the table. So that's an L. <laughs> and on some real sh- like I don't even feel it because what I've started to really learn about myself in the last year or so is I'm about the process, not the trophies. I'm just about the process. I love my game. I love my game so much. I wanna win, I'd like to have that W, but uh, money's funny, right? Like anybody who doesn't have it thinks it's the key to happiness and they're super confused and then they say, well easy for you to say, you, you have it. And I was like, yo, I didn't have it for a long time. I lived in the villas in Springfield Avenue in Springfield in an apartment until I was 28, buying nothing, making 40, 50 thousand a year. 90 hours a week in a liquor store. So, I've tasted both. So, I made a lot of mistakes. I pass on all sorts of I just don't know what the mistakes are because I say no so much because I'm so busy. What if that one meeting was with, you know? Make a lot of mistakes. My oh, man. Uh, Tyler, hey. uh, Tyler, I wanna know what the best advice you can give for a so when pitching to investors, Tyler, the biggest mistake all the kids are making now is they're pandering to the VC, so the whole deck is made with like, you know, what, you know what it is if you're asking me this question. Every number you're gonna pitch me, you're making up. Right, you have some finance kid or parents or you looked up on the internet of how to project numbers. It's all projections. And people sniff out So my advice is go in realistic and Be like, yo, I really wanna make this company. I have no idea. I can give you, here, here, here's a slide that says in year one we'll lose a million, year two we'll lose five million, year three, you know? But like shooting it straight with investors I think really, really, really is a counter move right now because in my game, in the investment world, like people are just full of Everybody thinks they're a founder. The biggest reason I stopped investing in the last three years and do it like once or twice a year is back in 06, the first three companies I invested in were Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. That was easy for me because I believed in social media and the kids were actually founders. Because they were nerds. Like straight nerds. Like real nerds. Now it flipped. Now the coolest thing you can be is a founder. Now an entrepreneur sits with a rapper and an athlete. So now everybody is one. Because entrepreneurship is hidden. You know what's amazing about sports and rap? It's not hidden. You could tell me you're the best Merit of the game is gonna spit it out. You could tell me you've got the best flow and you can spit it, but the market's gonna decide on SoundCloud and Spotify. Entrepreneurship, people are hiding. Like, yo, I'm a founder. They put that under Instagram, CEO, and they're not doing You could be an entrepreneur, being a successful entrepreneur takes time to weed out. So, real direct honesty real direct honesty like I don't know in a pitch or I'm not sure is the number one thing because I take meetings just to stay fresh just to do favors and I laugh when I ask questions that I know the answer to and they try to front and I'm like game over my man what's your name uh, CJ, CJ. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Give me a starting point. Because the, the biggest reason I got into the garage sale flipping thing is so many people are like, yo Gary, I want to make more money. And what they're really saying is, how do I make as much money as fast as possible? That's what people really saying. Like, yo, I got a thousand, but I need four thousand. I got ten thousand, I want a hundred thousand. And they want it quicker. Because like, for example, if you've got any money and you want to be an investor, go buy Facebook and Amazon and Netflix stock because the next five, seven, nine years, they'll be better. There you go. But nobody wants to buy something at 200 bucks a share and in five years, it's 300 a share. But it's guaranteed. It's better than putting it on red or black. On the flip side, the quickest way I know how to make money from like a small base, under 10,000 bucks, like 100 bucks, is flip life. Flip life, bro do you understand that if you went to the Walmart or Target close by and just scanned on your eBay app and Amazon app you could find arbitrage something that's on the clearance aisle at Target at 25 bucks that sells on eBay for 60 bucks but you know what everybody says but what about the fuel what about the eBay costs what about the work for me how to ship it and I always reply yeah work better than working at White Castle for six bucks an hour so so on some real too, flipping is crazy. Like going to Goodwill and buying a jersey for two bucks and 70 cents and selling it for 19 or 25 on Facebook Marketplace or eBay or Postmark, you know, flipping, I'm, I'm pushing it hard because it's real. And the best part is like when I look at this, like you just have to be willing to, see my, my biggest advantage is I'm dirty. I'm dirty, I don't give a what people think. Do you know how many people, when I put out these garage sale videos, my homies in Silicon Valley and Hollywood and Wall Street, like, players, are DMing me, like, half of them are like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. But half of them are like, yo, you're making yourself look stupid. I'm like, to who? To you, you. <laughs> I'm serious. To what? You're judging me? You're I don't. I think it's stupid that you're golfing for nine hours. AJ, I know you love golf myself. So, like, you know, like, I don't wanna golf. Malibu Don you're surfing I can't surf That it's stupid I don't want to waste four hours trying to surf I want to go to somebody's garage like I did a couple months ago and buy a bunch of Olympic pins for 20 bucks and flip my me eBay for 4,000 I bet a bunch of people here only got 20 bucks be pumped as to turn it into 4,000 on some hours that you wasted playing 2k and listening to the baby's album 10 times. <laughs> I love that guy. But the best part about music is you can listen to the DaBaby's mixtape while you list that on eBay. You know how much dumb time you guys waste? Professional athletes in college, busy as you. You got time. You know you got time. Chasing skirts and playing video games. Put in work. How do you start building your brand, branding yourself? That's a great question. My biggest thing, and like, if you, like, what? how many people here follow me on Instagram a little bit? So I really appreciate it. So you may know this. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last six months to a year, I've been showing the old clips from ten years ago when I was a little more chubby, had a little more hair, a little blacker hair, and I'm doing that to show people, bro, I've been doing this every day for a decade, and only now I'm popping. So how do you do it? put out content of everything. If you start looking, I'm, I'm laying out the blueprint for you here right now. How do you do it? The best way to build a brand when you're a remarkable athlete that got to play D1 football is to talk about your love for drama, is to talk about the fact that you love ice cream, is the fact that you like, you're really interested in wine or really, really good at old school Nintendo or really understand Southside Atlanta rap and here's your opinion on who's next. That's what I'm doing for the people that have been following me, because I really know a lot about hip hop, like, I'm bringing Gunna and Meg Thee Stallion and all these people before they blow and then everyone's like, why is that old white dude always know what's happening? Mike Boyd, he's got his ear to the street, that's my guy. But like, besides that, so like, I think the best way to build your brand is to put it out on the internet. Facebook, Twitter, start a vlog, you know? There's a kid at the University of Texas, Colin Johnson, I see having a vlog as a receiver. You know, just see what he's like put a vlog. But you gotta do what's good for you. Maybe two or three of you start a podcast, just record that on your phone, post it. Like you gotta make, you gotta do. You know, it's fun to talk to athletes because a lot of my analogy in business class is like you can't read about push-ups. You can watch film all day. Until you put the work on the field, that's the game. And that's how I think about building your brand. You can come up with strategies. You can read all my books. You can watch all my videos. But until you start putting out videos and pictures and written words on all these platforms, you're doing nothing. What I'm trying to do is give you permission to talk about that's really in your soul, not what you're supposed to be talking about. Give me a 300-pound offensive lineman in college football starting to make content about opera, that kid's gonna blow up. Because it's not what you expect. So the thing you're most into or the thing that you know the most about, putting out those posts, you can't imagine how much upside there is about that. My man. I'm sorry, my man, one more time. No, he's good, he's good. I wanted to know, how did you get yourself to the roadblocks? I just don't give a about what anybody thinks about me because they don't know who I am inside. Like how can I value your opinion about me if you don't know me? Like my mom knows me the best in the world, she's my hero, and she doesn't know everything about me. It's real easy to not let judgment come in when you have empathy for the other person and know they're just seeing a clip of you or just one moment of time. They don't know you. Everybody's slow because they value other people's opinions. I just have no time for that. Mainly on some weird You know when it really, I mean I was always that way, but where I went to 100, was when all these famous people started dying and we gave a on Twitter for like a day and then we don't give a no more. Lot less people talking about my man Nipsey now. It's only been a couple months. And they're just with me. I'm like, man, I'm trying to do all these things. Like we're just human beings. Like my grandma passed a couple weeks ago and like buried her in Woodbridge and like, I don't know, it's not on my mind that much today. That's just life. So it got real easy for me to like navigate because I'm like, what, I'm really gonna value somebody else's opinion about me when they don't know? I got one life. Do you know how, my friends, do you know how rare it is to have a life? The odds right now currently that science accepts for the odds of actually being alive is 400 trillion to one. There's no s you'll ever do in your life that is more ridiculous than the fact that you even have one. And people out here are crying about what they don't have, or what's up with society, or what they can't, or what, just complaining. And the, the biggest thing, bro, nobody gives a f- Like, it sucks. You know, my, both my grandfathers spent a decade, one of my grandfathers spent almost, actually spent 10 years in jail, and one spent a, a couple months, both for just being Jewish in Russia. You know? And like the reality of like my parents growing up in the Soviet Union, I realized like nobody gives a right. Like doesn't mean there isn't racism, sexism, suppression. It's just that what, like, we're just in control of our. And that's how I think. I'm in control of my, and I don't give a what you think, and I just go. And so getting through Roblox is easy. It's you know there's this. How many people seen Rocky 4, the one with Drago? Real quick, just raise your hands real quick. I'm just curious for the reference. Okay. Rocky IV, for the couple of you that didn't raise your hand, Rocky's fighting the Russian dude. He goes to Russia, he beats him, right? At the end of it, there's a scene that nobody ever talks about. I've Googled it, but for me, I can't stop thinking about it 25, 30 years later. At the end, Drago loses, and he grabs the mic, and this is when the Cold War was going down, like Russia and America hated each other. It's like terrorism now for America, right? Like real, like At the end, he grabs the mic after he took an L, and he goes, all of you basically he goes i'm in the ring for me this is my l not russia's l to america mine and that's how i think about this i'm not worried about your judgment when i lose that's my l i don't care about your opinions of my l i would have been a real good quarterback like next play like i just don't care it doesn't matter i'll throw nine picks and still win the game if you let me stay in you know (laughs) like that's how i think that's how I think as a human. That's how I think as an entrepreneur. You know? It's just like, I always think about like the things in the mental makeup that I had that would have made me really good at sitting here. It's like, next play, what? People booing, what? Coach is gonna yell at me on Tuesday on film? I don't have time for that right now. I gotta go next play. That's life. Nobody cares that your mother was. Nobody cares where you came. Like, nobody cares. Like, of course people care, but they can't do about it. You don't like it? Move. Go to Sweden. (laughs) I don't know that reference, but I'm glad I hit it. Go ahead. Couple sweets. Got it. (laughs) Um, In terms of that investment side, yes. If you were to start today, what would be like a comfort level in terms of bankroll, and then what industries would you look at? You know, you know what's really. Thanks for sitting in, guys. What, what's super devastating about when I hit Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr is I had very little, I had money. Because, this is a good story. This might help you guys. So I wasn't making that much money in my 20s at the liquor store. I was pouring it all back into building Wine Library. So, but even though I was making like 60,000, 55,000, 63,000, I was saving. I was living like I was making 30. And that's why I had a little nest egg when I saw my moment I struck. That's where everybody... Everybody lives 25 to 100% more than they have. That credit card game. All, by the way, back to the last question, because they want to buy the new Supremes to flex on Instagram for people that they actually don't even like. It's the most framework. Keeping up with the Joneses is broken. People buying chains they can't afford to look, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I was saving. So my comfort level was every dollar I had on some that I believed in. I wasn't an investor when I invested in those three things. I was just taking an opportunity. Later when I became an investor and had more money, I got, I got dumb. I started losing, because my, my level of comfort was greater, right? I was being looser. You know, like when you go to the casino, you win a little something, you got a little house money, you get stupid. You change what got you there. And so, that's what happened there. I would say your level of comfort has to be it going to zero because 99% of companies fail. Whatever you are super thrilled to go and have disappear off the face of the earth, that's your number. Especially when you don't have a load. Even when you have a load. That's how I bet now. I'm rich now, but I still bet when when I write that check, I'm like zero. That's why I've never had a crazy failure. Because a lot of people write a check of like, okay, but this is gonna get me to my million, or my Maserati, and then they hope. This is the worst strategy of all time. You like that one? I like that one, too. My man. Uh, I'm Mike Tavertol, and when you were growing your business, we talked about how like, you really like, worked all the time, Yeah. you were younger and whatnot. When you hit roadblocks and kind of like, did you have any like self-doubts? And if you did, like, how did you respond to that? You know, I don't want to you. I really didn't. I was on a mission. Like, I didn't care my friend. You know, like all my friends when I got into my 30s started getting some press, started happening. Everyone's like, yo, you're you know, you know. I grew up when there was like no internet, so like, I high school friends from North Hunter and High School in Hunter County started reaching out to me, saying like, yo, you're so lucky or this. I'm like, I'm not lucky. I'm like, you remember. 1999 when you went to the Jersey Shore and banged chicks? I worked. So like, I was just in my cocoon, bro. Like for real. You know? Like just in it. And so like, I'm trying to get back to the point that I was talking with my man. Like roadblocks are self-imposed based on judgment from other people. Think about, you know what? This is a perfect analogy. Think about, how many times you guys get banged up on plays during games that so many people would take themselves out and not play at all? Oh, hit it. That, you know, when you get banged, like, football's crazy. You guys are getting banged up on every play. And think about the tolerance. You guys, know, you guys all know everything. You know the kid in this room who gets chipped up a little bit and is out, and you know the person that's on this team right now, they'll break their back and play. But for normal people like me, i am like, every play would get me out. That's how I was as an entrepreneur. That I think people think of Roblox. Do you know what it feels like to be 26 years old, have people that you went to high school with come to your liquor store, look you dead in the face as they pulled up in their BMW and say, oh, you work for your dad? And then you ring them up on their case of champagne that they're gonna use for their party and you bring it out to their car and put it in their trunk and they look you in the face with pity, I lived that life. And the way I took that scene was, I'll see you in 10 years. That's how. I'm um, Ronnie Cassidy. I just have one quick question. Uh, I know you have a pretty amazing background, uh, and let me, just to get to where you are now, like, what were your core values over the course of that time? I mean, no, that was one, clearly. <laughs> I've established that. <laughs> I've established that. Did you say like you went back? Yeah. The Gratitude. On that 400 trillion to one thing, I'm grateful. Straight up, like I don't know what to say. Like, you might have not been born, right? Like your dad could have been late to the apartment that day. You, like, on some real Like, I don't think people contextualize perspective. Like, what? Like, you're alive. You could have been a tree. You could have, like, like, right? Like, like it's, this is cool. Like, life is good. Like, it's cool to have one. That's number one. Being the big, one of the biggest things for me is being the bigger person. I hate conflict, ironically. Like, I'm a tough guy when I have the mic and nobody else can talk, but in real life, I like, like happiness and, like, vibes and, like, so, like, I've eaten my whole life. Like, kids stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from me in the liquor store. Like, like, literally, like, I found a way for him not to go to jail for a long time. Like, you know, like, just being the bigger person has been a core principle of mine. Not valuing money, over family and like happiness has been huge money. Like really. You can you can not care about money more when you don't care about what people think about your money. You know, like, you know, so, um, being the, um, dude, patience. Like, I've talked a lot of and I'm sure a lot of people are like, gonna walk away with not giving a flip life or what have you. Like, if you leave with anything, if, if I had my choice, it would be holy I'm going to live four more full lives and no matter how crazy what I think about right now is and like what I want to accomplish on or off the field like I got four lives to do it. Like you guys know Grey Goose? The guy who invented that as an entrepreneur invented it at 78. Sidney Frank, 78 years old, you know? Life is like sports. Like, one of the great moments of my life with AJ is the Monday Night Miracle at the Meadowlands with the Jets Dolphins. That was 30 to seven in the fourth quarter. And they won, they came all the way back. My cousin left, went home to Queens, went to sleep. I called him when they tied it at 30 and said, can you believe this? He's already sleeping. He left that game and was already sleeping in Queens. I was like, what are you talking about? Hung up, and then the Dolphins scored and made it 37-30. Blamed Bobby for waking up. (laughs) But like, that's life. Like, you could do everything wrong. Have every dream you've ever had get (coughs) blame it on other people, the girl, that injury, coach, blame everybody, have everything go wrong, be 57 years old, and still have 40 years to make it right. It's crazy, honestly. Like if there was some crazy new drug that I could like inject in you that gave you perspective of time, you guys too? That's the drug I would give you. Straight up. It makes you optimistic. People are sitting here dwelling already. Dwelling already. I shouldn't have come to Rutgers. I knew it. Of course there's people thinking that. Like that's just real life dwelling already haven't even started. Man, that's what I want to change. My man. Uh, What's your honest opinion about real estate? I don't love real estate. AJ loves real estate. Like real estate, my opinion doesn't mean real estate has proven itself over the last 200 years to be a wise long-term investment. I just don't get my nut off on it. Like I don't like it that much. but, But I would... Easily tell you that that's wrong. It just doesn't make me happy. But it's a, like, if you like it, it's a great thing to lean into. But it's about patience. You might come out of school and the market may collapse because it's circles, you know? I was going to say, like, you know how everybody, like, I guess be like a guest speaker like <noise> you or like speakers in the world. It's like, what makes you different? Like, how did you know that you gonna be different from everybody else? Anybody. I think because I didn't start talking until I was 34 and actually accomplished something, so I wasn't talking in theory, I only talk about what I've done which made me very confident and I only speak about things I'm doing I think the reason I feel confident is two reasons, one I watched so much Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and Chris Rock growing up that somehow I embraced an entertainment style of when I talk that works, and number two I stay in my lane, I only talk about I know I watch so many speakers talk in theory, talk from an academic standpoint. Like they read, I do, and then I talk about it. Like I'll tell you everything about TikTok right now because I do it. So entertainment and not fronting. My man. So what's the point of your life before now when you uh, Right this second. The question is when do I feel like I had the most leverage prior to now? Yesterday. You know, like this is my leverage point, right? Like, like I was one of the first hundred people to have a million followers on Twitter, but it was 2007 and the world hadn't been on social media yet. So when I repeated it over the last year or two on Instagram, right, right now you know That Instagram, blue check, that following count, that's currency, that's leverage. So, right now. And my plan, my man, is to make the way I just answered you that question, that same answer until the day I die. Right now, yesterday. Right now, yesterday. But I'm a marathon runner. That kid, by the way, that came to my dad's liquor store at 26 and flexed on me, losing. Life is a marathon. Everybody out here is trying to sprint. D that's a good Instagram post. Let's get that. <laughs> My man. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm an unmotivated person, but I don't think I have quite a single passion like you talk about. So what would your advice be on finding something like that? What's your name? Billy. Billy. I think it's a game of tasting. Like, the biggest thing I want for everybody in this room is to taste. Like, do random Go skateboard, go cook, go try Flip Life. Go Go put out a song. Like I don't know, like taste. Like in your 20s, you gotta taste. You know, and, and that's the biggest mistake that people, you know, like make. They're trying to like figure out, everybody's got so much pressure to like have it figured out when they come out of school. Like it's time to be real and real life and all that stupid. 22 to 30 should be experimenting. Travel if you like, and people are like, well, I don't have money. I'm like, you can still travel, you can get a plane ticket, you can take a bus. Like, do so. I think you're not gonna find what you like. like. It's like food. I'm always fascinated by oysters. The amount of people that think they hate oysters, even though they've never had one, I see so many people living life that way. You don't know your passion because you haven't done Billy. How much have you actually done yet? Not much, my man. So, like, you gotta go try. (laughs) Not just Billy, all you. (laughs) Like, you're, you're just happy you weren't Billy right now. But it's the same answer to all of you. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. And more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.